And I remember I put a sticky note on my mirror and it was like, I love you. After a couple of weeks, I just tore it down. I was like, that's BS, man. Like, I hate, like, I hate that dude. Like, I just cannot stand. Like, why, why am I in this position? Like, and I was just, I was so hard on myself and I ripped it down. And after going through this work, like, and finding these emotions and finding out, you know, that it wasn't my fault consciously what was going on, but it was my subconscious programs. It was the trauma, the emotional reactions that I had embodied that put me in that position. Then I was able to finally look at myself and be like, oh my God, man, I'm so sorry I've hurt you like that. I would not hurt my worst enemy like I hurt myself. It was so, I got to this forgiving place that, wow, I'm sorry, man, I love you. Welcome to Neurons to Nirvana, a platform for creative forces that embrace the unconventional and the quest for artistry, humanity, innovation, health, and healing of the mind and soul. Join me, Tom Hartridge, on a journey celebrating experiences unbound by physical borders or traditional norms. From inside the mind to the far reaches of the universe, this is Neurons to Nirvana. I'm excited to share with you by welcoming you to the 50th episode of Neurons to Nirvana podcast. It has been one year since embarking on this journey, and for new listeners and those priceless loyal friends and listeners of mine, you know this year has been a year of transformation for me. The podcast has introduced me to creative and non-conventional thinkers and artists from all walks of life. And while taking the opportunity to share these stories with you, I've been able to discover new music, make new friends, and find new approaches to healing both my mind and soul. You've often heard me say that I am a mental health advocate. I always want to provide options and alternatives to big pharma and help people explore the possibilities of plant medicine, personal retreats, psychedelic-assisted therapy, holistic health, and with today's guest, Bo Bissett, through the muscle testing and pranayama breathing to process trauma foundational to his personalized program, Amoni. Bo's personal story is one of addiction, destruction, and low self-worth until he found the healing in breathwork and energy channeling. He tells his story and provides details of the Amoni program. I am currently in the Amoni program and have only begun to open my chakras to healing. Some may already know how I have struggled to overcome grief and anger, including holding profound resentment to childhood events. You can appreciate that my progress is truly evident for friends and family members to say that I am now much calmer and seem very grounded. My conversation with Bo was recorded before I started the program, but I will interject some of my personal experiences in the episode. Please visit the show notes for links to Bo's website, including links to free breathing training materials or an opportunity to be part of his more extensive program. And if you have any comments on this or any other episodes, feel free to email me at tom at neuronsternirvana.com or follow and DM me through Instagram at Nirvana Podcast or on Twitter at end to end Podcast. I love hearing listener feedback and like shaping episodes around the insight that I receive from all of you listening. For now, though, let's jump into my conversation with Bo Bissett. Hello, hey, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate um, you having me. And my listeners, yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to share your life story and work with my audience. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your life story and how you came 
to starting your program? The biggest thing for me was uh, self-sabotage. Man, it was, uh, it's a rough story. I mean, looking back and like, I mean, if you were standing on the sidelines watching me go through the first 40 years of my life, you probably would have been like, oh my God, this guy's a train wreck. It was drugs and alcohol and car car accidents and legal trouble and just broken bones, like everything you can imagine. And, and then a lot of stuff you can't. I mean, some stuff that would <laughs> would make a Hollywood movie. I just started out. I mean, I was started out as an angry kid. Um, f- when I was younger, like, I was the firstborn son. And then my brother came and that was like, I didn't handle that well. My own self-worth was damaged when my brother came home because I was ignored and my brother was brought on. No, I'm not putting anything on my parents. That's just how I handled it personally. And then my parents divorced when I was 12. And that like when they told us, I ran out of the room. And that established like my pattern of running away. When I was 19, I got a car and 10 days later, I wrecked it in a drunk driving accident. So I, I put the pieces of that together the other day I was talking about. It. And I, I realized like, I mean, I was self-sabotaging and all, but like, I didn't realize to the extent, like I had gone like my teenage years, my dad had actually pulled a car away from me a couple of times because I'd done some other stupid stuff. And when I was 19, after my freshman year of college, he gave me the car. And then 10 days later, I'd like completely totaled it. I ran it through a telephone portal drunk ended up in the hospital just like broke everything you could imagine and i was like wow i just you know he i got that gift and then i like i didn't feel worthy and that was another way of me just pushing things away and then until my late 30s man i pushed success away i pushed relationships away business opportunities mid-20s i left america just like ran away and after i'd put my parents through two different wrecks where i almost killed myself and then when I was, I graduated, I started doing cocaine and I was like, I can't tell them. Like I've been, I put them through so much. And I just, I basically, I gave away everything on the way to the airport. I handed my brother my car keys and I was like, there, man, it's all yours. Do whatever you want with it. And I left the country and I moved to Europe and then ended up in Asia teaching English. I left a six figure job and moved, and moved to Asia to teach English for like $15 an hour. And just like for obliterated myself for a decade just with drugs and alcohol and just running and running and running. And I mean, that's pretty much, yeah, I mean, that's my story, man. I was in Vietnam when uh, I got the kind of a wake up call. Like I was passing out in the street, Ho Chi Minh City, like third world country, passing out in the uh, gutters, drunk, sniffing heroin. And like, I lost a, I lost a relationship, lost a business, lost a teaching job that I was doing. I just, uh, what else? And then like, yeah, it was just a complete wreck. I called my brother up. I was like, man, I don't know what show he's up. I've completely wrecked myself again. And he was like, come back. So I did. And when I got back, I was like, oh my God, what have I done? Like, why am I back here? Like, what am, like, what am I going to do? So I'd been writing a lot, like content writing. So I was like, oh, I'll ride my bicycle across the country. And then I'll keep a blog and I'll get into travel writing. That'll be my thing. Well, I rode across the country. I got from, I went from the East coast to West coast and nothing happened. So I ended up with my aunt and uncle and they were like, yeah, come back. We'll help you get on your feet. And I was just continually drinking profusely. And my, my aunt and uncle came in one day from the doctor and told me my aunt had breast cancer. And that was like, boom. Right then I was like, dude, you've tried to kill yourself like so many times over the years. And now here's this person who's done everything right, you know, and she's got this going on. Like, look at yourself, man, like get it together. 
And I was just, that was it. I, I started meditating, reading every book I could get my hands on. I mean, all the big name authors and self-help and Mind Valley courses and you name it, man. I just started getting into everything and just trying and trying and trying to, to make some things work slowly and surely. I mean, I, I got to the point where I'm now where I found, was able to locate the trauma that I was holding on to and then use uh, the system that I use now to, to, to move it. And yeah, so that's kind of it. That's the bad part. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get to the uplifting part and why I was interested in speaking to you, but how much trial and error did you have? How long did this go on until you finally figured out what your trauma was and how to stop self-sabotaging yourself so much? Man, it was like, it took me about eight years before I would found the work that I do now and was able to like meditation help and like a lot of the other things help for a time being. But like my self-sabotage was so ingrained, like I would try something and like when I do something, like I go like 110% in. I'm like hardcore. And so I would do this thing, but then my programs would kick in and would just like, I would fail. Like everything, I would start and fail, start and fail. And I just was not making any progress. It was just like, it was like some sadistic dance with the devil I was doing. It's like, you know, most people might get two steps forward, one step back. I was just one step forward, one step back. And I was just like not making any progress. And I ended up back in Taiwan, I met, the woman who's my wife now and we started she was going through her own stuff she was going through a divorce at the time when we met and we pushed and pulled each other together and having her with me like really was the game changer for me because we yeah we both pushed and pulled each other and got each other through it in fact the last the last argument we had was about two and a half years ago and during that argument we were like look Either we get some help, like outside help, or, you know, we got to go our separate ways. Because, like, we were we were amazing, like, together, like, in our good times. But as good as we were in our good times, like, our bad times, like, when we had an argument, it was, it was brutal. And so I agreed, and we had a friend who's a Buddhist monk, and she introduced us to a guy who does this uh, work called The Spirals, uh, put together by this Australian guy, and I, Dane Thomas. And so I went through this, I met with this guy. The first session was like boom, life changing, like cried for like a half a day after that, like literally straight 12 hours, just like a wall of tears coming out of my face. It was that day that I connected with the fact that like the place I was in was my fault, like completely, like the decisions that I had made had put me where I was. And so I was in control of making the decisions next to move forward. I took the work that I learned through him and made it my own. I realized recently that we have, imagine like two different gears. So your conscious intentions, your hopes, your dreams, what you want, all right, is the top gear, right? And then the bottom gear is your subconscious programs, right? How you feel about yourself and, you know, all the trauma that you've embodied, right? Well, the friction you feel is the subconscious programs going against what you want, right? So like, again, like that person who's drinking themselves stupid, like they don't want to do that, right? You know, they want to be successful. They want to have nice relationships and an abundant life. You know? But those that frustration is that friction going between the two. So, and that's what I was feeling. So you went and saw the monk and then now you've formulated this program. And what is the name of your program? What I do now is called Amoni. And I got it, 
Amo in Spanish means I love, and Ni in Chinese means uh, you. So it literally means I love you. And that was the place that I got to after I I, I did this work. It was like the, the literally the first book I started reading when I started going through this in my healing process was how to love yourself like your life depends on it. And I remember I put a sticky note on my mirror and it was like, I love you. After a couple of weeks, I just tore it down. I was like, that's BS, man. Like, I hate, like, I hate that dude. Like, I just cannot stand. Like, why, why am I in this position? Like, and I was just, I was so hard on myself and I ripped it down. And after going through this work, like, and finding these emotions and finding out, you know, that it wasn't my fault consciously what was going on, but it was my subconscious programs. It was the trauma, the emotional reactions that I had embodied that put me in that position. Then I was able to finally look at myself and be like, oh my God, man, I'm so sorry I've hurt you like that. I would not hurt my worst enemy like I hurt myself. It was so, I got to this forgiving place that, wow, I'm sorry, man, I love you. That's where the name came from. How long does your program last and what does it entail exactly? Yeah, well, I'm a, uh, what we do is we use muscle testing to find the emotions. And then we use a, a meridian chart like this to basically go in and, and find the emotions. So you get fire, earth, metal, water, wood, central and governing channels. And each side of, inside of each one of those channels, you have the organs that are represented in that meridian. And then the emotions inside of those organs that are prevalent uh, there. So we use muscle testing to go through and find out, find where those emotions are. Then we find out what age the program was installed. And then the release points that correspond to each of those meridian points. And we consciously connect with the with the moment. Sometimes there's a memory, sometimes it's not, because I found that the trauma that we embody goes way back. We'll just stick to this lifetime. I found that like <laughs> it goes all the way back to uh, our in, in the mom's womb. Right. Because not long after we are conceived, you know, our subconscious comes online and we start picking up like everything's energy. Right. So even if like if her mom has an argument or if she's feeling you know upset or uh, guilty or shameful or whatever, like they're sad or depressed, like that energy, we feel that if she's arguing with somebody, yelling at somebody like that. We pick up on that energy. Right. And we start embodying that in the womb. So we go back and we find the instances. But like, again, and like, there's no memory you know, in the womb, not with anybody that I've worked with so far. <laughs> but we can go, what we do, if we, there's no memory, then we go and we, we close our eyes and we, we go into the body. and We scan the body and we find out where, where we feel that energy, where we feel that emotion represented. And then we use what is developed called the AMO breath. And the AMO breath is a, a three-part breath that uses a visualization, the vagal nerve stimulation. So what, what it does, I'll, I'll do it with you real quick. So what we do is you take a big breath in uh, and it's like a kundalini breath up our spine. So imagine the breath, big breath going up our spine, like just roll it up that S curve of the spine and out the top of the head. And so the AMO is uh, A-M-O. Right. Okay. So with the A, what we do is we imagine white light coming down from the universe, like just loving light, just bathing us on the top of the head coming down our throat and into our chest. So the ah sounds like ah. Uh, it's almost a, it's vaguely similar to the, the Om chant, which is like the universal, the sound of the universe, right? So we do the ah. Uh, and as we bring that light in, we bring it down to our chest and to our healing heart center, right? 
And the emotions that we've connected with, we imagine those, those emotions like spider web or smoke being pulled into the energy that we're, that we're swirling around in our chest. And that's where we hit it with the M. And that's the vagal stimulation, right? That hum. So it's like mm-hmm. And with the O, what we do is just imagine that energy, all of that energy, the love that we've brought in, and then the, the heaviness of the emotion that we've connected with. We imagine that like shooting out of our chest. Like um, when I was a kid, there was this cartoon called The Care Bears. <laughs> So it's basically, that's, that's the way, uh, that's, that's the Yama breath. And then at the very end of each session, we do some neuro-linguistic programming to grease the wheels of intention and send the person further down their path of hopes and dreams. But the Yama breath together, it's, uh, kind of sounds like, do that for your meditation i do it uh, in the morning um it's a great way to ground you and like it just it is very uh it's a very relaxing very loving breath and just for me it just puts me in a state of bliss like as soon as i do it in fact there's some there's some free training on my website if uh, if anybody wants to check that out so so how long are you supposed to do it each time when we're doing the clearing we'll find the emotion to move it we usually do two breaths um, but then I'd use, I use muscle testing to find out if the, if the emotion is still there. So you know, sometimes you do it three or four times based on you know, the prevalence of that emotion. When I'm doing it in the morning, um, always, not always, probably five to six days a week, I'll do my, my breathing. I started off years ago with a Wim Hof breathing, and that's just something that's stuck. So I do some Wim Hof breathing, and then, uh, and then I do the Amo breath. And then I'll meditate for maybe five to 10 minutes just to start my day off. Right. So, and the alma breath of, yeah, I'll do it. Well, sometimes a minute, sometimes just a couple of breaths. Just, it just depends. I have no, no static. I have to do this or that. But, and my wife and I do it sometimes. Uh, our living room has really wonderful acoustics and we'll do it together. And that's part of the free training that can talk about you doing it with your significant other as well. It's really, it's a beautiful experience, man, to both like harmonize and like the vibration that comes off of that together. Like, it's basically like you're making music together and, you know, after, you know, sitting together or you can actually, there's a, there's a practice that my wife and I do where we're actually touching each other, touching each other's chest and then breathing in and out with each other. And oh my God, man, like after that, like, Get ready for some fireworks. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Right. So you do this remotely and in person? Yeah. How are you able to, to test the, the muscles if it's just like you and me from afar? Yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> I've found that the, the separation that exists in our lives is self-created. So like, again, everything is energy, right? So basically what I do is I, I, muscle, I self-muscle test on the other person's behalf. All this requires my permission to do so. We've done it online, done it on person. I've done it over the phone. And do you think about your childhood traumas when you're doing this or do you just let go? And Well, the thing is like, 
Yeah, that's a good question. You think about it because like, you know, we identify, we identify the emotion, we identify the instance, we identify the age that, you know, I can muscle test down to the day, you know, that the instance occurred, right? You lock in on that, on that, on that occurrence. As many of you already know, I have been diagnosed with ADHD. However, I prefer saying that I have an overly active mind where I have trouble meditating. Bo knew this and we first began focusing on the AMO breath. So we use that breathing technique to connect with both the body and mind by slowing down and removing a traumatic experience. I now realize that if you're experiencing pain, that pain is there for a reason. Some AMO breathing and focused attention have brought out repressed memories and specific body pains. All this work is remote, yet Bo has helped me connect some memories of childhood shame and hurt to flare up pain in my back, neck, and even discomfort in my stomach. It takes time to sit with that uncomfortable feeling, but I've kept my mind and body open to working through it with the AMO breathing technique. I've increased my time staying focused on the AMO breath, and Bo has been a truly focused and present guide during our sessions to pinpoint repressed traumatic events from my psyche that occurred during my childhood. For instance, Bo, through muscle testing, was able to bring to the surface an experience where a counselor at my church summer camp grabbed me and painfully pulled me by my hair several feet from the quad all the way to the main building in front of the other kids for being a rambunctious little jokester by making the other campers laugh for what I remember as something rather silly and harmless. If that counselor had happened to do that to a child today, they more than likely would be facing legal ramifications for their aggressive behavior, which left me ultimately emotionally scarred. I had not thought about that experience in at least 25, if not 30 years, but it was a traumatic experience that was submerged deep into my psyche and it clearly left a painful, indelible impression triggering anxiety in the body and mind. I went 30s, 40, 40 years, just really just destroying myself. But the thing is, like, those emotions and those programs that, you know, that got me that far, they helped shape my life, right? And they put me in the position that I am where now, where I'm actually helping people. You know, I never thought that, like, you know, I was never felt worthy enough to be someone that would actually at this level where I'm actually, you know, reaching back and being like, dude, I got you, you know, I can take you down this path. If you suffer from anxiety, depression, most of your adult life on and off, do you have many clients who have dealt with that and overcome yeah, that? That was me. I was, anxiety was a big thing for me. In fact, as I was going through this work, my anxiety, that's where the AMO breath came from. So I was, my anxiety, as I was finding these trauma packets and, and releasing them, like my anxiety was like overwhelming. It was almost like, you know, you see the movies or TV shows with somebody with a paper bag and uh, I wasn't that, I was, but I was close. It was just, it would overtake me. And I was, oh, oh my God. And my, my wife was going through some Reiki training at the time. And so she would put her hands on me or like sometimes like if I was, uh, you know, 
I was outside of the house. I'd call her. I was like, oh, my God. You know, and she would you know, do, like, distance Reiki. And it actually worked. But the thing is, I was going through this. Like, I wanted to I wanted to be able to handle myself. Like, that was the whole point of me healing, right? So, me for me to be able to take care of myself, to empower myself. And so, I was sitting down one day. And I was going through like one of my anxious spells, and then like I was like, "Oh, I'm like, how am I gonna like deal with this?" Like, and I was like breathing. I was, that was one thing I just I kind of centered myself. I was like, "Breathe, breathe." And so I, mm. and I was gonna close my eyes, and you know, they started mm, humming, and then I was like, I just felt loving, and then I was like, "Ah, oh, love," and then um, I was like, "Ah, oh, I'm uh, like, I took." You know, enough Spanish in, in school to be able to get myself in a little bit of trouble. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. I like, amo. Amo in Spanish means I love. And, um, uh, and then I just started playing with it. And then I started really got into it, really doing it heavy. And then I was like, holy shit, man, this is amazing. There's also, uh, there's a point for anxiety. It's right above the two, uh, you have the, the points right here for the collarbones, right? And then right below that point. So if you hold on to that point and breathe, if you don't want to do the AMO breath, like if you're in a crowd or you're with a bunch of people, just kind of, you know, you can do this pretty nonchalantly. Like, yeah. Just hold these two points like that. Just a couple of deep breaths and that'll, that'll really help bring you down as well. But, you know, that anxiety, that anxiety is there for a reason, right? And that's one of your trauma responses, right? The depression, that sadness, right, as well. So... To be able to go back and to use this system to to find those original programs and then connect with them and then and then let them go like that is uh you know that's the way you just keep leveling up what i went through put me here i'm finally moving up i'm, I'm no longer staying stagnant and just just beating myself uh senseless anymore how much better does one's self-awareness get after they do your program i mean is it initially does it happen rapidly or is it gradual or just it's pretty it, it depends it's, it's usually pretty rapid though like for me like when, when my first my first uh instance like i cried just like just bald not every situation is like that not every person like just has like a just complete capitulation like that when we find these emotions and you connect with them it's like little bubbles and like when you pop a bubble it's like oh and like that's the the awareness like so basically with us finding these emotions and then connecting with them is like you popping those bubbles and when you pop those bubbles it's kind of like and that's the awareness it's like oh my god wow i was i've been saying this you know i've been thinking this i've been doing this i've been you know i've been giving off this kind of energy to you know come up you know make people not happy with me or you know whatever the reaction was that you were evoking from people but that happens it's it's just yeah it's almost like bubble popping and it, it happens regularly as you go through the work and then i still to this day i don't I don't do, here's a good example. I don't do things, I've got most of my self-sabotaging behavior out of the way. Now, what I do now is, for instance, for the last year I've been, uh, I've been peeing a lot. And at first I thought like I drank a lot of green tea. Yeah. And I was just one of my things. I was like, it's healthy. I like tea. I like caffeine. So, you know, I just drank a lot of green tea. And then I know it's also diuretic. So I just, that was just one of the things. I was like, ah, okay, I like tea. I'm going to pee a lot. It's just one of the things, right? But then because of some the accidents that I had, my lower legs tends to swell. And 
I started looking into it and caffeine is also, it also uh, constricts the blood vessels. Right. So I was like, ah, oh, man, I, I, I need to stop drinking so much tea. So I came off of it. And in fact, I stopped drinking tea completely and just was drinking water. And, uh, but I was still peeing a lot. And so what I did was I, I used the, this, this muscle testing and the emotional clearing and stuff like that. And I, I cleared my kidneys, my bladder, uh, my urethra, like everything I could think of that was related to, you know, the, the elimination of urine. Anyway, I connected with my prostate and I started doing the, uh, the muscle testing and emotions. And like previously my wife, she, she got into sound healing. So she does this bed. It's called a monochord. And she was, she was working with me on the bed. She's like, your, your first chakra is like, there's a lot of stuff there, which is, you know, the area where the prostate is. And I was like, oh, man. So I started clearing the war. I started clearing and, and connecting with his emotion. I was like, wow, there's some heavy, there's some really uh, some, uh, heavy stuff here. Anger, frustration, shame, some really heavy emotions down there. And funny enough, man, as soon as I cleared it, boom, I stopped peeing. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And the thing is, like, it, you know, it depends on, like, for example, like, you know, if you've got previous injuries or things like that, you know, let me give you an example. Let's say that, you know, I get angry. Right. And then I take a hammer and I go out and just like start smashing my car. Right. Well, if I heal the anger or if I heal the, the, the thing that, that was triggering me. Right. And so I no longer get angry. If I go outside, those holes are still in my car. Right. Those dents are still in my car. Yeah. Right. So, you know, just because we clear the emotions, you know, you won't always, you know, you're not going to experience immediate effects like that. It takes some time for the body to, you know, for, for the body to physically heal, right. To go through to the damage that those emotions do, because like the heavy emotions like anger and shame and guilt and frustration, all those, you know, they, they have a, they have a very heavy vibration. Once you release them, it takes, you know, it takes time to heal. Would you mind sharing some of the success stories that your clients have seen. Mm. I mean, you don't have to say their name, but no, 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 I don't mind at all. Yeah. I mean, we've done, we've done addiction from alcohol. Food addiction has a bit, has been a big one recently. There was one individual, she was, this was before COVID and she was, uh, she had just met a guy and the guy wanted to like travel with her and he was very, he was successful and he's like, you know, just come along with me. I got you. And like, she wouldn't, like, she couldn't, she couldn't do it. Like she was, uh, she had been abused when she was a kid and she, and then she as well, she put herself with her job and her family in, a, in like in a subservient position where she didn't feel good enough to do that. We did the work and boom, she ended up traveling the world with him, ended up starting a business on her own. So now she can do do the same on her own. Another lady that I work with, she was here in Taiwan, finding to same kind of same like me, like just putting herself in a position where she knew like she didn't belong. And we cleared her stuff. And now she's back in America helping people. She was doing some some farming stuff because she was big with like getting in, in the dirt and like using her hands and you know being being close to earth. And now she's actually helping people. I believe she's doing some uh, hospice work. I mean, she's like, she's like, I finally found my calling. Yeah, one girl recently we did, we worked on her uh, thing was money, and she she didn't think that she could coexist with money and and happiness together, right? And now she's again she started her own business. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, you already mentioned drug addiction. Addiction changes your brain, right? 
But the thing is, like, people think, like, oh, I can never have a you know, drink again because, you know, addiction changes the brain and stuff like that. Well, I disagree. I don't have scientific fact, but I have my own personal experience with it. But I'm saying that the addiction changes the brain. Why can't we change it back, right? I mean, we've discovered now the neuroplasticity, right? So we can change the brain. So why can't we rewire <laughs> those, you know, yeah. those, those connections? And for me... I feel like I have rewired those connections because that that trigger. If I had had a, a drink in the past, as soon as like that alcohol touched my lips, it was like, oh, like it would just fill my body and like, oh, and um, yeah, I mean that's gone. So, but there needs like we, you know, as far as addiction, you've got to pull away. You have to pull back for a bit. The one difficult one is food addiction, but we've been able to, we're, I work with multiple individuals who dealt with food addiction. That's, you know, that is harder because, I mean, you've got to eat, right? Of course. I mean, what kind, what kind of food addiction are we talking about? The big one is sugar, okay. like sugar and just like, yeah, like my wife personally, she, uh, you know, her thing was cakes, cakes and sweets and stuff like that. She was like me with drinking and she was the same way with cake, right? She was just like, she would just go to the store, buy a bunch of cake and just sit in the car and just cram her face, right? So, and that was her way of punishing. And now, yeah, now we're, yeah, she, she has no problems with that. And how long do your clients stay with you through the program indefinitely? No, 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 no. That's the thing, man. I, this takes... What we do is we do the, the main course is uh, uh, seven, uh, seven weeks. And we hit each one of the chakras with the heaviest emotions in those chakras, right? And then we do the eighth session is a clean cleanup. And so basically what we do is we find any recurring patterns. Our body's like a high school hallway, just littered with lockers, right? And there's just, those lockers <laughs> are that's where we keep our emotions. Right. And some people hold on to them. Like, you know, some people hunch over, right. So that their, their emotions, they, they, when they connect, they're like, Oh man, my, uh, I'm catching on my back or in my neck or in my shoulders or whatever. Right. For me, it was my lower legs. You know, I, I broke my you know, ankles multiple times before I was in 15. And then I had all that severe trauma in both those car accidents that I told you about. So we find those emotions, then they, we move those from, from the physical areas. And then the final session, what we do is uh, we sweep the uh, the subconscious and we find the mask that the subconscious wears and how it how the individual identifies themselves on a, on a subconscious level. And then we clean that. And then what I do is I've got a video program for them to learn. Because when I went through this stuff, like I felt, you know, my life definitely changed, right? There's still work I wanted, you know, that I wanted to do, but I was left on my own. So I put together the program for the, uh, to help people with addiction. I help people with their uh, the emotions. They've got attached to money. I've got a program that they, to get them, help them with their family. Because money, family, addiction, those are, those are all really big ones. And then, yeah, there's the video course to actually teach them how to use this work. Because my my thing is, like, I want to this this work is about you connecting with yourself, right? And it's about you being empowered and you learning to heal yourself. So honestly, like, when when we finish, I'll like I want them out the door and like you know, hey, email me and tell me what's up and you know, tell me what great things are happening in your life. But but don't I don't, you know. I don't want you to come back and say, I need help. Like you, you do it. And I want to give you the tools to do it. So none of your clients come back. No. Really? Mm. Tough love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, they've got they've got the tools. They've got the tools to take care of themselves. Now. That's awesome. When exactly did you formulate this program? Yeah, about two years ago. If any of the listeners want to start your program, just go on your website. Yeah, the best thing to do is like you know try the free Yama breath. Um, so that is there's a tab for it on the website. It says com. and the very top says Yama breath. Click on that, and then I've got a, an email. Yeah, I got the program on email. So like the first day I'll send you the Amma breath, second breath, the second day is like some advanced work with the Amma breath and third day is the Amma knee breath. And then the fourth day I believe is partner work, you know, using the Amma breath with your partner. And then the fifth day is like more, I just kind of talk about some other advanced stuff and you know, points like the anxiety point that we were talking about with you earlier, you know, things like that. So yeah, check that out and then yeah, reach out. Thank you so much for sharing your platform with me and help me, you know, having me share my message. I, I really appreciate it, Tom. It's a uh, really very very grateful. Absolutely, I'm. I just want to mental health and addiction, and really just trying to overcome past traumas of any kind. Uh, I want people to be aware of all types of options and avenues. So I appreciate you sharing your story and also your program with me. Yeah, no problem. Man. Thanks again. Thank you so much. All right. The saying goes, "As long as you are alive, things can get better." The trick is to keep breathing. Bo has a remarkable story that I can connect with, particularly when hearing about his efforts to love himself. After participating in Amoni for a few weeks, it is evident that Bo has a program that can improve one's life and has, without question, improved his own. Thank you to everyone listening and Bo for joining me on Neurons to Nirvana. Please take the opportunity to dive into Amoni by clicking on the links in the show notes. Also, follow me on Instagram at Neurons to Nirvana Podcast, on Twitter at End to End Podcast, and subscribe to the Neurons to Nirvana Podcast channel on YouTube to stay up to date with all of our great content. I look forward to sharing many more stories of inspiration with you during the next year. Until next time, I'm Tom Hartridge, and this is Neurons to Nirvana. Neurons to Nirvana.